Welcome to Neighbor to Neighbor, a podcast focused on highlighting extraordinary individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ, a not-for-profit cooperative credit union based in Bellingham, Washington. The holidays are a great time to enjoy a bottle of something nice. Maybe for you, that's a bottle of eggnog from Twinbrook Creamery in Linden, or a stout, one of our many local breweries. For others, a nice bourbon or liqueur is what you enjoy. And when that's the case, we're lucky to have some excellent local distilleries, one of which is Chuckanut Bay Distillery. Since 2011, Chuckanut Bay Distillery has built a strong reputation for producing high quality and award-winning spirits, utilizing the ingredients grown in our region. My name is Keith Mater, and on this episode of Neighbor to Neighbor, I speak with Matt Howell and Kelly Andrews, the founders of Chuckanut Bay Distillery. I want to thank you both for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely. So let's get into the Chuckanut Bay story. Um, how did you guys meet? We had a mutual friend. Uh, so, um, uh, a good friend of, of Matt's uh, became a, a, a friend of mine as well and um, kind of got to know each other as a result of that and, and our friend moved away but, uh, but we kept hanging out. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And um, I understand, you know, prior to starting, because when did you start Chuckin' at Bay Distillery? Uh, 2011, I guess, our, our first First meeting about it and discussing it was 2010, end of 2010. Mm-hmm. Yep. What were you guys doing before you started it? I was selling. I was selling wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, running around peddling wine. So I um, I have a, a company in town um, that makes. Uh, it's called Fairhaven Health. That makes um, uh, an entirely different type of product, uh, fertility, pregnancy, and nursing products. So I was. Um, I was doing that, and I still am involved in in that. Gotcha. So, what did the conversation look like when you guys were thinking about starting a distillery? How do you how do you kind of go from what you were doing to hey, we should start a distillery and make it this awesome thing? I think it starts with a couple drinks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think we were at the Black Cat. The Black Cat. Yeah, um, that's right. And just uh, yeah, having a having a drink and kind of. Thinking about, uh, I, I always had uh, a lot of admiration for Matt and like his ability to to get things done uh, and just boundless energy and determination and um, kind of was um, always thinking he should um, not be working for someone else but should be uh, doing his own thing. So. Um, wanted to hitch my wagon to that and uh and we were throwing around different um dif- different ideas and had a had it down to a short list and um and but i think both of us were very interested in in this industry and um you know things that were happening in in terms of it laws that were changing and kind of making it hopefully more more conducive yeah so you guys were were thinking about as far as going into business together, a couple different ideas, mm-hmm. but this one was kind of sticking out based on maybe the environment, like you mentioned. Right, and and our I think our just our personal interests in in 
this kind of thing. Matt was selling um, wine and kind of making making um, some some products on his on his own, mm -hmm. experimenting a bit. And I had um, at, at a, like you at a college worked at uh, a brewery. I worked at Hales um, okay. down in Seattle, and so I think we we kind of both had a um, an inclination toward towards spirits or beverages, alcoholic beverages. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you were dabbling on the side. You were you were making some wine, or were you doing some beer? What were you doing on the side, kind of when you were? Because you were at a distributor, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, an importer distributor um, that I worked for at the time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Kelly had gotten a gotten a still, like a small still. And I was like, yeah, this thing's sweet. And I'm like, ah, oh, cool. Yeah, can I play around with that? And he's like. Yes, yes you can. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I, I had this wonderful toy, um, which was just fantastic because, um, you know, when you're, you know, you open up 18 to 20 sample bottles a week and you leave them on friends' doorsteps and after a while they accuse you of making them alcoholics, uh, you know, you find out something else to do with the wine. So I was doing lots of distillations of wine oh, wow. um, and then started, you know, playing around a lot. Uh, and one of the things that both Kelly and I really really love is, is gin like we both really love gin mm. which uh, we're out of right now and we have been for quite some time which is uh, quite a tragedy but so one of the things that we made a lot of one of the things uh, made a lot of uh, early on were lots of different iterations of gin uh, and it's just so dynamic you know like uh, and even when we had the initial discussion you know like oh there's all these fun things we can do um, and it was always you know like Kelly said very beverage focused it was like well cideries are really cool but there's a sort of dynamic component that you have with distillation where you just, you take this next step and the world kind of opens up to you, I think, in a way that mm. you just can't achieve if you just have this 100% reliance on, on the yeast to create these fermentations and then, and then it's really all just about sourcing really good fruit, you know? Um, so that's why, yeah, it, it's just, it was, it was just, you know, the whole world opened up and we were able to go after it. Yeah, interesting. Um, was anything that you were making early on any good? Uh, definition of good. No, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I probably not. Uh, probably not. I mean, I imagine if I had most of that stuff now, you know, I'd be like, what is this guy? You've, you've gotten uh, better at your craft. I, I would like to think so. Yeah. I'd like to <laughs> Hopefully think so. I, I thought it was pretty good then, but, yeah. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I agree. It's well, it's probably a good sign. You're like, if you didn't think it was any good, maybe, right. the, maybe the idea was not have taken off. That's it. <laughs> Nice. Okay, so you get the idea together. You're you're like, hey, let's let's go for this thing. Um, you start moving in the direction. What what, what kind of what are some of those first steps that you guys took at just the very beginning? Lots of paperwork, right? Paperwork. And, uh, it was yeah. It was just a ton of um, paperwork. You know, finding a space where we could do this. Yeah, it, it took quite a bit of time before we could even set up equipment. Um, we and the thing that's kind of interesting is you have to have it all you have to get it all laid out and get all the get everything in place before someone says yes you can do that mm. you know which you know is you know interesting you know versus like here's a plan that we want to do this you know like, okay well yeah go get all that stuff before you can even give us that piece of paper so, oh my goodness um so yeah you know nice so paperwork and, and getting it all in place and then Kind of at what point do you feel like you're like, okay, we're actually doing this thing. We're starting to make some product. You know, talk to me about that, that early, those early days. 
Uh, well, I mean, it's really was kind of dialing in the potatoes, I guess, for the initial stuff, which was, uh, which Did, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. Is it vodka? Is that what you were yeah, starting with? Yeah, vodka. Beginning? And I think that, oh yeah, potatoes, let's yeah, do whole fresh potatoes. And, and so, uh, now that we've done more of this, we know that, well, we, we kind of picked the steepest hill to climb. Um, you know, just, uh, as an example, how we do potatoes, most people don't do whole fresh potatoes. Mm. Uh, for the reason that it, it takes about 50 pounds of potatoes to make a single bottle, uh, you're dealing with a lot of biomass uh, mm. to get the amount of starches you need to create, you know, to convert to sugars to create the alcohol. Um, so, so yeah, initially yeah, I think got like 200 pounds of potatoes and it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna, yeah, make this go and you know figure out how to do that and uh, you know as you start to upsize stuff from like these smaller iterations and. And the things just don't scale even remotely. Mm. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a fun learning time. But uh, but we made uh, we made this really cool bike. So uh, Kelly had this apple grinder, and then uh, I have a friend who welds in a lot of old like tubing and stuff. And so we welded up this bike that would like you know grind the potatoes down to the consistency we wanted. And so we pedaled the potatoes, and uh, by by we. We mean Matt. Matt out yeah. of the potatoes. <laughs> uh, no, no. Well, there's a lot of times we were all we were all there. Like, but it was a, but it was a lot of fun. You know, it was. Uh, yeah, there was some hour, and and there was just a lot of like dialing it in. You know, I remember there was one day where it was like six hours on the bike. It, oh my goodness! And it became clear. It's like, oh, that's that's too many potatoes. All right. Well, then you <laughs> dial it back, and you're like, I can do this. You know. So yeah, that was kind of all the initial stuff, or some of the initial stuff. So you were, you were getting a workout while you were uh, making your first product there, it sounds like. Six hours on a bike, grinding potatoes. Uh, yeah, fit. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing any grinding of potatoes these days as far as, uh, as on a bike, or have you kind of moved that past that? Retired the bike. It's, uh, it's on display uh, here in the tasting room. Oh, there. Uh, yep. So, <laughs> Sitting yeah. right up there. <laughs> so, yeah. Now uh, we've, we've gone gone modern uh, and have a electric uh, grinding equipment specific for for potatoes uh, yeah to, to match relief uh, but he did do I think we uh, 13,000 pounds of, yeah, of yeah potatoes. That's right yeah, wow thousand yeah. pounds that way until until that came along crazy wow yeah. that's a that's a that's an interesting that's a cool story the bike is kind of the the, the mascot almost a little bit I it see is. I see something over here that we can talk about a little bit later. It might be another mascot, but um, oh, yeah. but the bike story, that's pretty cool. So, you know, you started with vodka, it sounded like, mm -hmm. and then you've moved beyond that. I know I see over here on, on the shelf, there's a few different bottles of different things. Um, where did you move kind of after the vodka? Vodka, potato vodka, uh, then to... Wheat vodka. To wheat vodka, and then to gin. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so that was kind of our initial, those were our initial uh, guys, and yeah, then we kind of just kept creating. We've actually done a number of products that some, some of which are out of stock at the moment, just with uh, the crazy times. So were you, when you first started out, where were you guys at? Yeah, we were uh, on, in the um, alley behind uh, railroads, uh, alley right next to Boundary Bay Brewery, okay, but only accessible from from the back from the alleyway back yeah. there. Nice. Okay, and then you moved over here 
couple years after you first started producing over there, or how long did that take? Uh, actually, more like uh, what was it? Seven years? Is that right? Well, we um, so uh, we debuted our first product in 2013 mm-hmm. in the old space. We bought this building in 2017, right? Uh, but we didn't get into it until 2019. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So this was the, because uh, this building's really big and it's beautiful and, and obviously you guys have lots of exciting plans for it, but this was like, okay, this thing's actually going to work. We can kind of upgrade here. Were you running out of space or what was that? Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been running out of space. We, we, uh, the other, the other spot, you know, only had like 12 foot tall ceilings, 13 foot in some spaces, you know, it's a little bit irregular, but, uh, you know, just didn't really have the room. So we had to create processes to fit the space versus, you know, um, the space fitting our processes. Gotcha. Um, so that was one really big feature. And then also just, you know, we were existing in an alleyway, you know, if you want to be prominent in people's minds and stuff, like get out in front of them and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, when this place presented, you know, I, Kelly found it and, and it looks nothing like it did. Like I remember he initially, like I think he sent me a, a link or something to it and I'm like, you want to go look at that? Like, <laughs> I mean, you saw it from the outside, like this whole thing had drop ceiling in it. If you can imagine this was all, the whole thing was all drop ceiling. So you, you come in here and it felt claustrophobic and there were all these like little rooms. Oh, wow. It was very strange. Um, instead of these big, beautiful, 18-foot-tall ceilings, um, it was something very different. Um, but yeah, yeah. As, as we've been kind of developing it, it's just like I don't know. I think kind of been an extension. I, I think hopefully of what we think you know the distillery is like uh, attention to detail and kind of this appreciation of the history of this building, appreciation of the art, but then also making it our own with like how we fashion the space. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's cool that the uh, that the building and the space has kind of morphed itself into being a part of your brand. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about you know what are what are some things that make your products different? It's, you know, you mentioned the commitment to craft and using some ingredients that maybe other people wouldn't want to work with, or some processes. Can you talk more about just um, yeah, what makes uh, what what makes what you guys do different? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think, yeah, the, the potato vodka is a great example. Those are Skagit Valley grown Yukon Gold potatoes. So, um, yeah, we were um, naive enough to, to jump into to that and, and, and make a go of it. And, and fortunately, we've, we've kind of developed some processes around that. So it's not, uh, it's not the, the torture that it, that it used to be, uh, but always, always challenging. Uh, you know, I mean, in, in other respects, other products, really, we're using a lot of, uh, we are trying to source the um, agricultural products from here in Whatcom County or, you know, Skagit in that case, but as, as close to the distillery as, as we can. So, um, so I think we're, we're using a lot of um, wheat and corn and um, other substrate that's, that's from, uh, you know, just close by here. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we do, I mean, we do all, um, so a lot of folks, you can come at this from lots of different ways, you know, um, but uh, a lot of folks are kind of applying brewing equipment, you know, so they're basically 
they're making a beer like as you would, you know, at any of the 50 breweries here in town, um, you know, without, you know, the hops and whatnot. Um, we're actually doing all of our fermentations with, with the fermentable. So like on the grain with the potatoes, like all that stays with it the whole time until we do the initial um, strip, which is quite a lot different. I mean, if you go down to uh, a lot of the, the traditional bourbon producers, they're doing, they're doing stuff in that way where the corn makes it into the mash and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so, so all that stuff stays along in our process, which we think, I mean, it, it kind of, it provides this sort of, I think it kind of does this sort of softness and stuff that's unique to our, unique to our products. And, awesome. You know, I, I want to get into, as, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, some things that I saw on our tour that are very exciting about the future. But, but first, you know, it is, you know, Christmas time. Um, looking at your lineup, what, what would you suggest to somebody, you know, maybe add to their, to their uh, festivities, you know, from your lineup that might make sense? Uh, I think our, our very festive uh, spirit has is, is got to be Krampus. Uh, and I, I think it will be a welcomed addition to those, uh, you know, household gatherings that people might have. Um, Krampus comes in at 55%. It's, uh, it's named after, you know, the, the uh, European lore, uh, you know, yeah, a guy that's not terribly friendly, chases children around with a switch or whatnot. But, um, but yeah, just think of, think of all your sort of holiday spices and herbs in, in an alcoholic mixture that is just delightful on its own or mixed into uh, cider or eggnog or hot cocoa, tea. I mean, really, it's, it's just like, put it anywhere, you'll, you will be happy. So I, I think that first and foremost, that's probably the one I would throw out there. Yeah, I know. I, I was uh, I was looking at your social media accounts before this, and I saw, you know, eggnog and, and you say Krampus. Uh, yeah, Krampus. Yeah. So eggnog and Krampus, and I was like, that sounds really, really good. And you say it it has like honey notes and is it chestnuts? What what are the yeah, kind of yeah. little flavor profiles you get in there? Toasted hazelnuts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, toasted hazelnuts, and uh, yeah, we we do the proof down with lots and lots of honey. Um, yeah, this year's batch was, was very large. I think we used 230 gallons, not quite that. No, 200 gallons of honey. Wow, about. so you better be getting some honey in that when you're trying it. Oh yeah, yeah, there's, <laughs> uh, there's definitely some, uh, some honey character to it for sure. Awesome. Let's get into it. When I was on my tour, I, we walked through a couple of exciting spaces of the distillery that the public doesn't have access to right now. Um, that allude to the future of what you have going on here in this awesome building here in downtown Bellingham. Can you talk to me about what you have going on? Yeah, well, there's, I mean, there, there, um, there are a few of them. Uh, I think we, um, in normal times, non, non-pandemic, end of the world times, uh, we, we do like to do tours um, in a, at least a couple of weeks. And that's kind of a big part of, of the vision here is getting folks in and showing the process and, and the building and, and all of that and kind of the backstory for the, for the spirits. So um, I, I think a, um, a few cool spots on, on the tour are, uh, one is we've got um, 
We've gotten some wooden fermenters in, so kind of going um, old school in our in our production methods in terms of using uh, Douglas fir um, uh, washbacks, the the traditional tools of the trade. Uh, so those are beautiful, and and we feel like they're gonna have a a benefit in terms of the flavor profile of the of the product we're making. What do you well. what do you put in there? Just everything, or do you yeah, have a specific? Uh, every everything we make passes passes through there. So um, at what we have um, rye ferment in there right now, mm -hmm. uh, and we'll be doing that for a, for a little while. But yeah, pretty much everything um, will pass through there. Uh, so that I think that that's something we're looking forward to showing folks. Um, then as you go downstairs, um, I think we're, we are uh, kind of getting our barrel storage area in place and have worked with some, some local um, artisans to uh, uh, create a really unique barrel racking uh, barrel room um, that, and we're looking forward to getting folks in there, um, you know, hopefully sampling them from um, from the barrels that are that are aging there and it's just a neat part of the distillery to hang out in i would um, i would sleep there if i could yeah but, um, when we were going so we, you go down in the basement and you have right. the barrels that are off to the side and you're sur surrounded by wood barrels and then there's this really really cool like kind of tucked into the wall big table so i could just i could just see i could just see like tastings going on there and it just kind of being a very like I don't know sort of speakeasy type feel right yeah definitely yep they they built a, a huge table how many pounds is it I think it's about 1200 pounds yeah it's um, <laughs> yeah. you know made made from um, wood and steel from uh, kind of reclaimed from the building uh, here and uh, and it's just a just a really neat spot and we look forward to kind of getting that as a stop on the tour for a, for a tasting opportunity. And cool. Just a, a really nice feel down there. Very cool. And there's something going on on the other side of the wall over here. Yes, yes there is. Um, yeah, that's gonna be a bar, um, bar with some, some food focus over there. Yeah, so pretty excited. It'll be Kind of the main seating area you know that goes right along by where the stills are at we've got those 18 foot tall seat uh, uh floor to ceiling windows you'll be able to look right into the production area and then up above that we'll have a mezzanine stand-up bar that again the whole thing just kind of falls into the production so so they'll all feel like they're you know just right on top of the production um, that was kind of the whole focus with this was being able to make that the heart of everything and, and the whole thing will just kind of look in at that and, um, so you'll be able to have your cocktail and, and see the very spot where the base alcohol is made right there. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's, I mean, it's, it's rough over there, obviously. It's a work in progress, but you can already just see the vision. It's going to be such a cool space for downtown. And then you keep going up. Up in the building, there's more space that exciting things are taking place. Yep. So, uh, so right. There is, uh, in addition to in the bar, there's a there's a mezzanine space with kind of a second bar up there. And, but if you uh, continue up to the true third floor of the building, uh, that is one um, 
that's the one part of the building that is completely open. It's one huge uh, room, uh, 6,000 square foot room. And, um, you know, with very high ceilings and big windows onto the street. And, um, and uh, certainly we have some, our work cut out for us there, but um, intend for that to be uh, a meeting space, uh, celebratory space, kind of weddings and events. And, and things of that nature um, up there. And uh, I think it's really well suited to that. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I saw an elevator. And I think you're thinking about a rooftop bar. Is that right? We are. Down the road. Yeah. Down, down, down the, the road. road. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's very exciting stuff. It's cool to hear. It's cool to see just how this place is going to continue to evolve. And, and it's going to continue to be a, a destination here in downtown Bellingham. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, guys. Yeah, 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 thank you. Thanks for listening to Neighbor to Neighbor, a community-driven conversation highlighting individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ. Unless specifically stated otherwise, WeQ does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement.